The first four podcasts for this season is going to focus on four individuals that I know. They all have very similar backgrounds. They had learning abilities that were different from their peers, different from what the educational system wanted from them, different from maybe what their parents were expecting them to be. In this episode, we're going to meet John. When I first met John, I started working with the entire family due to conflict with pretty much everyone in the family, trying to figure out what was going on in the dynamics of looking at the children, um, looking at his marriage, and trying to piece together what was going on on an everyday basis. Working with John, we were able to come up with some interventions that worked with the here and now with his family. But as John was working with his family and working through behaviors with his children, John was noticing that what he was diagnosed with in his adulthood may not be accurate to really what was going on and what he was dealing with today as a parent and the challenges that came up with his own children. He was beginning to see the pattern, very similar behaviors between himself and his children. First thought when I asked John to be here was our recent time we've talked and learned together about you as an individual, about you as an adult, and how you are beginning to see, and it opened your eyes to understand your daughter, Rose. And I think maybe to share a little bit about, about you and Rose and about what you see between the two of you and how it isn't always rosy and pleasant, how you, you get her, but it's hard to see, it's hard to look in that mirror and to see pieces of you staring back at you and being defiant, being difficult, or being out of the box and you want her to be in that box. So John, just share a little bit about yourself or about your, your daughter Rose. To your point, the story maybe is interesting in as much as where does it start? And so I think as a parent, you know, it's our family of origin, it's how we start. And I think as a child, you know, similar to Sebastian, a little bit more out of the box, a little bit more creative, um, not fitting the typical norms. And then you add to that dynamic an alcoholic father, uh, an enabling mother, and then an older sibling that has her own issues and throughout our childhood demanded a lot of attention. So as the child of an alcoholic parent, you know, you learn to be the, the whether it be the peacekeeper, the comedian, uh, the caretaker, the, the of service person, um, for the simple fact that if you could do all those types of things, you could almost be under the radar, but also about being under the radar, you got less attention. So as you grew older, or as I grew older, um, whether it be a career choice, whether it be how you run your life, you don't realize that whether it be the search for validation that you didn't have as a child because you were sort of under the radar. Um, as you become a professional and you look at how you interact with people and the choices that you make, you realize it's like, gosh, why do I care so much what somebody else thinks? Why do I feel a sense of judging? Why do I feel this? Um, why is there a tendency to, you know, have, be, be busy, have lots of friends? Um, so, so as you look at it, it was an interesting journey. And then the, the other part of it would be for myself, you know, a lot of it was described, you know, more as an adult as OCD. Oh, you're just OCD, take this medicine or take that medicine. Um, and personally, you do, you, you feel like it, it, it dulls you. 
um, I found that like, like there was a dullness to that. So we probably, again, more in, in college, you, know, you find running, um, running or sports or triathlons or these things that physically exhausted you. Because if you're physically exhausted, you're, you're not thinking. Because when you are not exhausted, your mind's racing, you're ruminating. You are having the conversations, whether it be with a, with a client, whether it's a parent, your wife, your child, I will have had that conversation 15 times in my head. Now, some people would say in business, it worked out really well, because as a presenter, as a salesperson, I will have sold you, or I will have talked to you half a dozen times before I ever met you. Do you know what I mean? So, so it's taking that, that's, that and turning it into more of a skill, but at the same time, it's exhausting. You know, I remember at one point, with my wife, we were sitting on the beach, I said, oh, what are you thinking about? She goes, nothing. I'm like, no, really? <laughs> I'm sure there's something. She's like, no, I am sitting here thinking about nothing. Um, that was absolutely a foreign concept for me, um, that how can your head not be so full, so full of whether it be the voices, the plans, the conversations. Um, so you kind of like wrap all that up, you know, flash forward to an adult situation and the recommendation really through Mary Beth was, you know, it may not be OCD, <laughs> you know, perhaps, uh, you, you know, let's look into more of an ADHD. Um, so, so went through the testing, the reporting, you know, the, the interviewing, all those different components to a lot of reading. And all of a sudden, in some ways, the, the fog started to clear. It's sort of like, oh, it, 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 I'm, I'm not goofy. I'm not abnormal. I'm not all that different. I'm me. This is my wiring. I am wired a certain way, and, and you have to accept that. Now, part of that is also with a spouse, right? When you have a spouse that has a more traditional, whether it be expectations, this or that, when you learn about being ADHD and the ability, say, to prioritize, where I look at everything like the same. If I'm supposed to be home at dinner at six, that's just as important to me as getting this piece of, piece of work done. The almost inability, even with the best of intentions, to sort of rank order things. Um, where, where for a spouse, I can be so frustrating. It's like, how could you have forgotten that? I did. I did. Uh, that meant it wasn't important. Yes, it was important to me, but that was probably one of the many things I forgot that day. Um, so it was the journey of learning how to work through that and funnel it. Now, flash forward a little bit further, all of a sudden you have kids, and, and we did three, and what we noticed in our, in our third daughter, Rose, um, my wife will say, she's you. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, um, <laughs> please. And, and what, but what she is me, and, each, and all of us have children, that's over here, you see whether it's adopted, whether it's by birth, we adopt traits. So, so we become, whether it's children or adults, you mirror certain traits. You know, I, I do things that, I, it kills me that I remember my dad doing. It's like, oh God, why is that? I've turned into him. Um, or my wife will say the same thing about hers. And so, so you see, see those traits, and it's not always maybe wiring. You know, they talk about like nurture nature and like all these different things. But I look at Rose, and sometimes I see, it's like, why is she looking for validation? This is the third time she's asked, isn't this a cute outfit? You know, why is she the most animated out of the three? Okay, probably with three kids, it's hard to get attention. All right, I get that. Um, why is there sort of this incessant, can't stand still energy? And so you do it and you look to schools, and I'm so grateful um, that we're in a great school community, and to have candid conversations with the teachers that have an awareness of ADD or ADHD 
And, and the sense is like, you know what, high energy, but excels in school, is able to focus, is in top for class. You know, all those where somebody could be perceived could have that challenge of sitting still, she is flourishing. Um, but to break it down, like, why are you flourishing? Well, she is fixated on success. She is fixating. So you see how she's channeling some of that. You also see how she's channeling it in some of her events. So, so I think as an adult, I, I would prefer not to go down the medication route. I think whether it be mindfulness, which we try to talk to her about, whether it is, you know, I hate to use the word self-medicating, but it's like activity. It's like, go jump on your bike. Let's go for a run. Let's get the jiggles out. Do you know what I mean? I think that that works for me, and, and I find that it's, that's working for Rose as well. I think it, it can be challenging because we, we both don't want to back down. And at some point, we in a conversation, I say, stop talking. Just stop talking. <laughs> I need you to stop talking. Um, and unfortunately, she's probably watched Legally Blonde one too many times. And she comes back, well, are you saying da 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 that you don't? I'm like, please stop talking. So I, I think part of our journey is you don't want to squash that, right? You know, you want that to, sh- to flourish. You want that, that personality to shine. But there has to be guardrails, right? I mean, I think we still believe that in today's society, there are norms for behavior, there are norms for respectfulness, and, and that still has to be learned. Um, and and she's, she's really good at that. I don't want to infer it otherwise. But it is that, you know, how do you have those conversations? Um, and both of us, as we're doing it, leaving that we feel that we've been listened to, you know, because at some point it's like you're not hearing me. Um, and she's saying, you're interrupting me. You know what I mean, it's like, how do you take a step back? Um, and sometimes it really is, as the adult, I have to walk away. I mean, I have to walk away for a few moments and regroup, and sometimes with my wife, and sometimes I just have to reframe it that she is a child and that she is working through this to the tools that she has innately or that we've shown her. So I think as a parent, part of our responsibility are trying to teach some of these tools to handle it because as you look at you know how she may interact with us at home how is she interacting at school how is she interacting with her friends are she, is she treating her friends with respect you know is that same sometimes confrontational got to get it all out happening um because that too could hamper her socially so it, it's, it's a lot of conversation whilst also not forgetting other two children. We have a middle child that for Christmas last year, uh, Linda did give us a, a book that she wrote on being the middle child. So it's very insightful about how we could do better and the things that she would like. So, so again, I appreciate that. And then, you know, you have the, the older child and sometimes the classic that is the, you know, mom of the group, you know, of her friends. They jokingly call her mom in high school. So, so each one sort of falls into a role. But I think what I would take away from some of our previous sessions with Mary Beth is really to be in that moment with that child. Because it, it's so easy with relationship with your spouse, with work, with all these other things you're working on, like to want to wanna just move forward. And, and you really need to, you know, take a step back, be in that moment, um, and, and, and work to engage at that level. Oh, John, that was perfect because you captured, you captured it, John, you captured it. When I first met you, I remember the first thing, well, after I listened to you go for about an hour talking, what did I say to you? John, stop talking. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that conversation? John, stop talking. 
take a deep breath stop talking it's that moment of i hear you now you need to stop talking because it's not that i don't want you to hear anymore i just want you to breathe i just want you to breathe i'm here i'm not going anywhere but everything you mentioned everything you talked about was exactly the steps and the and the protocol and the and and the techniques and the and the time and the organization and this and the the stress that you had and and what, what we how we came together was on that stress of I, I I'm not doing anything well right now everything is chaos we still struggle I don't want to leave anybody with the idea that it's not still chaos at moments um, that's family right that's children that's family but it's like how we deal with it I think has been been the tool that that we're trying to work with yeah. thank you so much for sharing that because that's there's no end to being a parent. There's no end to ourselves growing. And I think you are a fine example of, of looking at yourself and, and really, you know, as a child, you, you, you manage things. You got through your childhood, but as an adult, you finally realize, you know what? There's something else. There's something not quite going on that's right here. Let's look at something different. And even as an adult, an adult going back and saying, okay, let's relook at this again. Let's relook at this again. And that's when I met you. I was like, no, yeah, you do have OCD qualities, but stop talking. Let's, let's, let's really listen to what's going on here. So thank you for sharing that. And I know you have the tools to, to handle Rose and understand Rose. And I know the connection you have with her, which is a beautiful thing too. And that's, that's going to get you all through continuing to grow as, as a family. And thank you. So John, Give us a little insight to Rose. I haven't seen Rose for years, but I would love to know currently what's a daily challenge you might have with her. I sort of need to probably rank order the challenges. The a child like Rose has so much energy and has really is walks into a room and can light it up. That same ability to light it up can also bring it down. What we can find is that in her quest to be doing it all, in her quest to be busy, that she's you know, recording a music video while she's doing this, while she's trying to do her homework. Something simple, it's like, Rose, can you put away your, your milk cup? It, it's sitting on the living room table, don't belong there. Sure, absolutely, uh, as soon as I finish. No, need you do it now? No, okay, got it. You turn your back, it doesn't get done. So you may have to ask up to three times, and then it gets to the point where it's like, and the annoyance of an 11-year-old then comes through. And you have to be careful because it's a little bit that back talk that you don't want to accept either. And I understand that it's a sort of a how to keep her focused. At the same point, at, at 11, I believe that, you know, her teachers are only going to ask once. You know, as she is older, you should have to ask once and make it happen, figure out how to do it. When you're younger, the advice was stay in the room and watch them get it done. We're all really busy. You get a lot going on. If I need you to pick up the glass, just do it. Mary Beth, what do you think? All right. So I look at the whole picture, right? The whole picture is when you say at school, Rose, your teacher's not going to ask you three times. Well, at school, look at Rose. At school, she's successful. She's successful. At home, she has decided that at home, that glass has very little value to her, and it's, it's just a glass sitting on the table. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? But, but in the parent world, it is a big deal because you want follow through. You don't want the milk caking on there and getting moldy and smelling. There's that piece too. You can't use the excuse, you know, at school, blah, blah, blah. You know, the teacher's not going to ask you three times. That's not relevant to her at all. Right. 
at all. So what is relevant to her? Well, re what's relevant to her is, hey, you know, the glass before you go to bed, it needs to be put away or it needs to be cleaned and put away or removed and put in the sink, whatever it is, get it done before you go to bed. That's what I'm asking. So please follow through with that. Now, knowing Rose and knowing who she is, she is at that moment, she is focused. She's doing her homework. She's making her music video. She's multitasking. She's got it all going on. And so as you continue on your day in the evening, what you can just continue to focus and say these one word phrase to her is as you walk by here, you say, Rose, glass. Just give the, the Q word again. And as before you go to bed or if you go to, if she goes to bed later, whatever it is, Rose, glass. And you're not giving an explanation, you're not giving a logic. And if it doesn't happen, then the next day, what is the natural consequence? When she's having her breakfast, you're not going to feed her her breakfast in the glass, but you're going to say glass is still sitting there, was not taken care of, it needs to be done now. And when you have her captured in that moment, in that meal, sitting there at the table, that's when you can follow through and when you are there and make it happen and help her get that glass to the wash and wash it up. And I also like to take it to the next step where, you know, Rose, now it's it's dried milk. It's pretty gross. Um, it's going to be more work. I like to give them the logic piece there. It's now more work because you let it sit and dry. Ugh, it's more work for you now. Let's get this done. And yeah, you're going to get the 11-year-old, oh, I can't, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I can't do this. I can't do that. Let's go. Let's just get this done together. And you together, let's get this done. Let's go clean that glass. And that's that's the 11-year-old piece. That's 11-year-old child following through on that. Where is it on the importance agenda for her? Very low, right? Think about your child, mm, low. But for you, it's that follow through. It's the respect of the home. It's respect of the glass. It's respect of the cleaning, all those things. But you can make it happen. It's just being a little flexible with that kind of stuff. That's something you can't be flexible with, but there's other things you can't. And that's important for children to see that you can be flexible and have a little bit of leniency on certain things, but then there's other things that you are not going to be flexible on. And children can't always see us as this rigid sergeant-type behavior because that becomes old also. So they have to see that fluidity of how you can be rigid on some things, and there's no, no, in our family, we don't do that. We do not act that way, or we don't use that language. But with a glass, you have to be a little fluid with it. Ah, fluid, good one. Uh, but you have to be a little, you have to be a little bit understanding of that one, and let them see both sides of you, because that's what true parenting is. It's not being this one piece. It's having that flexibility. Everyday Parenting is produced by me, Teresa Wing. The music you hear on our podcast is courtesy of Stephen Morell. If you have a question for Mary Beth and the Everyday Parenting podcast community, please join us on our Facebook group. Just search for Everyday Parenting Group on Facebook. We're also still looking for episode sponsors. Rates begin at just $60 and you'll be reaching out directly to the parents who listen to this podcast. Don't miss our next episode. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts and don't forget to take the time out to find us and rate us on iTunes.